Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Joe Vitale. We have another Hypnotic Gold members-only audio moment, audio experience, and I'm very excited about this one because we're going to go in a new direction. We're going to break new ground. We're going to be talking about a new technique, a new way of living, a new way of being, a new way of thinking, something maybe you've never even considered before, something you've probably not heard before, so I think I'm going to be the scout writing in with this message for you today, and I'm excited about it. And the gentleman I have on the phone that is going to be the person that I am interviewing to discuss this new strategy, this new technique, this new way of being is one of my longtime friends, somebody you've heard before because we did do a Hypnotic Gold uh, special edition a while back. It might have been a year to two years ago where we took a letter written by Bruce Barton. It was a 100% response letter. It's in my book, The Seven Lost Secrets of Success. And we analyzed it to see what made it work. Why was it so successful? And that became one of the most talked about, one of the most collectible hypnotic gold interviews ever. And so I couldn't wait to get my friend back on the line to do this new exploration into this new strategy and this new way of being. So I'm talking about Craig Perrine of maverickmarketer.com, www.maverickmarketer.com. You've surely heard his name before. He's been known for his hypnotic storytelling, for his engaging, inspiring stories in his newsletter, in his blog. He's also a popular speaker. He's been showing up on some of the Internet Marketing Circuit uh, special events quite a lot recently. He's also spoken for a couple of my events. And uh, I know his entire family. I love everybody in that family. Craig's one of my best friends in the world right now. And hopefully he's on the line. Absolutely, Joe. So glad to be here. Thank you for that excellent introduction. Thank you. Oh, you are welcome. Thanks for making time to do this. As I've already said, I'm excited about this, and I suspect you are too, because we've had some private conversations about this new way of thinking or new way of being. It's probably more accurate to say new way of being. But what I'm talking about here is inspired marketing, inspired marketing. We've all heard about the techniques. We know about methods. We know about strategies. We know about formulas. We know about paint-by-the-numbers approaches to coming up with products or services or websites or headlines. And I have actually taught that. I'm known for that. Some of you have bought my books or my products or my entire courses where we've gone into that. Craig has also done the same thing. But we've gone to the next level and that's what I want to talk about on this Hypnotic Gold Members Only Special Audio Edition. And that's what I want Craig to help me with. Um, the topic is inspired marketing. And I might just go ahead and begin by asking Craig how he might define that. And maybe we can explore it by starting at ground zero and saying, well, what in the world do we mean by inspired marketing? Well, to me, Joe, it, it really means the kind of marketing you and I have both seen when, when we see something that jumps right out. And it, it clearly comes from an authentic place with the author or the marketer or the business. And you just know that that's a real person, there's a real story. And before you know it, uh, you probably found yourself doing this, you know, you've bought something, right? And you wonder, wow, that was great. And, and you think about the process. And it stood out in your attention because it was different from the run-of-the-mill marketing, which is, in many cases, while perhaps technically has a number of the elements, it, it can fall flat because of the simple volume of, of how much stuff is out there, I think people are more moved and more inspired by marketing that, that speaks from someone's you know, actual experience, like a story of how the product was created, for example. And um, I, mean, I, can, I can give you an example of uh, a site that my wife just launched, actually, and you, you told your list about it. Yes, tell us. Um, it was, it was a, a site, actually, it's called healingpainting.com, and, and this really couldn't have been any more inspired <laughs> because it came out of nowhere. Um, but you obviously recall that you had surgery recently, and uh, we've also been at a number of your events about um, the ancient Hawaiian healing tradition called Ho'oponopono. And my wife is, is just really fascinated with that and she's also an artist has been her whole life she if, if she could just sit by the, the canvas and paint all day long she would she probably wouldn't even stop to eat uh, I say that for for background because when when you uh, when we found out actually that you were in the in the hospital Joe um, the first thing that popped in mind was well why don't we paint something 
and infuse it with the the spirit of what we've been learning with the, the ancient you know Hawaiian healing process, and we could then present that to you as a as a gift, and you could perhaps use it as a as a healing painting. That was the whole idea, and this literally just happened within uh, half an hour of hearing of it, and then she sat down and and she painted, and and then really in telling the story on the website of what it was. There, there is a, uh, a an outlet for her art, for one thing, but it was a whole product, a whole process that was inspired from from uh, its very beginning. And I want to make sure people know that the site we're talking about, in case they can uh, go look on their computer as we're talking, is healingpainting.com. www.healing.com. Healingpainting.com. And you can read the whole story there. Now, it's important to realize that this was not a strategically created site. It was not a strategically created product. And I think this is an example of how inspired marketing separates itself from what might be called traditional marketing. In traditional marketing, we look around and we look for a product, we look for a service, we look for a need, we look for a want, and we go and fulfill it. And there's nothing wrong with that. That obviously works. And that is something I've talked about before. But this is a breakthrough hypnotic call, hypnotic gold call. We are going in a different direction. We're going in a different level here. It's important to realize that Amy, Craig's wife, um, wanted to do something. They heard that I went in for emergency surgery. My appendix had given out, and I had to have an emergency operation, which was a big deal for me. I'd never been in a hospital, never had surgery, and Craig and Amy were aware of this. They were also shocked, they were also concerned, and they wanted to do something. So again, there's no strategy here. They just, out of the goodness of their heart, this is a heartfelt moment, they want to do something. Amy, who is an artist, decides she wants to paint a painting. She does this original piece of work. It's a blue bonnet, which we had heard about in a seminar we had just taken together, that it's a, it's a powerful image. Well, as she's painting it, she is repeatedly saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. Not necessarily to me, but she was saying it to life. So she was in the spirit of life as she was painting. She's in the spirit of love. So she's infusing it with love. And I'm going at length to explain this because I want everybody to realize that this was not a premeditated type of experience where she's thinking to herself, oh, I can create a product and I can give it to Joe and if he likes it, he can promote it to his list and I can make a bunch of money. That was not the motivation. The motivation was on an inspired level where there was a knock at her inner door saying, I want to do something. She then creates this painting. When I'm well enough to have a visitor, Craig and Amy drive down here, come to my house and present it to me, and I'm moved to tears. And, again, they don't have any clue what they're going to do with this thing. They, they might start to rumble with an idea in the back of their brain that, well, maybe we can produce this and sell it as a painting since Joe seems to like it. I then do something that was not strategic, was, was not premeditated. I write a letter to my list telling them the whole story that I just told you. I sent it to my list directing people to healingpainting.com, where Craig had put up a website with the image, and virtually instantly people started to buy the artwork. And they kept on buying it until, there was, until it became such a giddy experience that I understand Amy was just dancing on the walls and the ceilings and could not be retained, could not be contained because she was so in bliss. Again, the bottom line for me is this came from a different place mentally. It came from what I'm going to call an inspired place. This is inspired marketing. I'm saying this at length because I want to make sure everybody understands this is different from trying to create a product. This was a natural product that came out of the moment. Now, what would you add or dismiss or take away from this, Craig? Well, I would just, you know, highlight that she's not even a marketer anyway. She's she's an artist. So, I mean, this so blew her away that, that people wanted to, you know, get a, the, the same print that, that you got. Uh, you know, I, I put the, the, the page up and I said, you know, hey, if, if people want this, then that's great. I mean, it's it, it does become something that you can market, right? You know, it's yes. inspiration marketing, but... You're absolutely right, Joe. It didn't start the the original idea wasn't a strategy. It wasn't pre-planned. It wasn't, and I, I think the message for that is you can look in your own life and find that that if you're open to it, things can happen, and and 
uh, you can turn that into marketing because it's it's authentic. I think the biggest thing that people are looking for in in a marketing message, first of all, is we do all want to buy things. We want to solve our problems. We want to have fun and get things that we like. But we also are, I think, by and large, a little bit numb and jaded to your typical advertising slogan sort of mm. approach. It just doesn't look warm and, and authentic. And if you look at the popularity of, of reality TV and, and of uh, blogs and, and YouTube and things like that, people are they're picking – oh, in fact, the, the recent Doritos campaign uh, and the GM campaign during the most recent Super Bowl were, were all shot – um, by actual customers and and sent into the various companies and they use them as as their commercials. Yeah. Now that is a cry from the public and a response from the market saying we just want authentic real stuff. Mm. You know, we want to feel like there's a human being on the other side of this message so that yes, we can buy what we want whether it's Doritos, the GM or a healing painting. But they they feel like the that sort of middle ground of 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 marketing ease is is at least toned down or at least uh, it's it's in the the form of something that they like, but that's what I find so inspiring about taking an idea, running with it, and then using something like the internet or a website or video, and boom, you've you've got a message and it's out there reaching people, and they can connect, they can find out about what you have. If, if you have a healing painting or if you wrote a a book that explained, you know, how you adopted a child, you know, from overseas or, or whatever it is. I have found the greatest opportunity for most, you know, entrepreneurs, and I'm sure that's that's mostly who's listening to this audio, is not something that you have to st- strategize and, and really burn the midnight oil over. It's probably something that's right in front of you that you're already excited about. You just haven't recognized it as a possible win-win for you and the marketplace. You're just perhaps dismissing it. And we could talk more about that for sure, but uh, in terms of this situation, it's it's so gratifying to watch Amy uh, really glow with the response mm. that the market has had to her painting. Now, the the image of the starving artist, you know, is 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 a cliche at this point. You know, artists love to get their work out, mm-hmm. and it's not that easy. Um, so when it happened in this in this way, boy, that really just stunned her, and and, and was. Um, was really a, ma- a magical uh, weekend for us, absolutely. Well, I understand one of the things you just said is that a lot of people are overlooking what I guess we'll call the diamond in their own backyard or the gold in their own backyard. It's their own personal experience and their own personal story. This is why I'm a great believer in having coaches, and I even started a, a program at miraclescoaching.com to help people have somebody on the outside of themselves, somebody objective to look at them, to listen to their story, to look at how they're living and being, to see what it is that they might be dismissing that is actually true gold, that is actually something that can be turned into money. But I also don't want to leave this whole thought that inspired marketing seems to come to me and maybe to you, I want to make sure we explore this, differently than traditional marketing. For example, if I knew that I had to write a website to, for this afternoon, somebody I had a book or a new software, an ebook I came up with, and I was going to write a website copy for it, I might pull up my own writing software. I have Hypnotic Writing Wizard at hypnoticwritingwizard.com. I might turn it on and I start going through the process, and I'll come up with a headline and I'll draft my copy, and that'll work, and that works for lots of people. That's kind of a premeditated approach, that's kind of a controlled approach to doing copywriting. But what if I let go of that and I go into more of a meditative space? Maybe I even occupy my mind by reading a a book for a while, which occupies my conscious mind. And very often while I'm reading a book, an idea will surface. It will just bubble into my awareness. It will come by grace. It will come from my unconscious, my right brain, from divinity, whatever you want to call that. But I've, I've occupied my consciousness. I may do it by going and having a cigar in the evening, which I often do outside if the weather is nice enough. And I'll go and relax. And while I'm just kind of relaxing and giving thanks for being alive and for all I have in my life, I may get inspired to write some copy. This is different from controlling the copy. It's more like allowing the copy. And I want to give one quick example here of how I came up with a, a seminar. A while back, I had Dr. Hulen come into Austin. This was almost a year ago. And he is the therapist I'm writing about in my new book called Zero Limits. You can read an excerpt at www.zerolimits.info. 
He is a therapist who healed an entire ward of mentally ill criminals by using this Hawaiian healing technique called Ho'oponopono. And I've written about it in the book. You'll be hearing about it in the in months to come. The point is, I brought him to Austin. I got to meet with him. And while sitting with him over breakfast one day, I received the idea to hold a weekend workshop that I was going to call the Manifestation Weekend. Now, it's important to understand I received it. We weren't talking about weekend workshops. We weren't talking about projects. I did not need another project. I have many projects. I have many books. I have many speaking engagements going on. I am a busy guy. I didn't want another project. So I wasn't thinking of it. I wasn't brainstorming, thinking, oh, what can I do next, and how can I make a bunch of money? It came to me as if it descended upon me. I describe it as inspired because it seemed to come from other, other than Joe. It seemed to come into my awareness. I actually started to dismiss it, thinking, oh, I'm too busy. I don't want to do this. Manifestation weekend, oh, just forget it. But it stayed with me for two or three days. After those two or three days, and I knew that it wasn't going to leave, and that inspiration was still there, I sent an email to my list. It was one of the most poorly written emails I've ever written in my life. It was basically saying, I'm thinking about holding something called a manifestation weekend. I think I'll charge $1,000 per person. I can only have, I think, 30 people in the room. If you're interested, let me know. So I, didn't, I wasn't very persuasive. I didn't follow all the rules of good copywriting. I didn't follow any of my own rules. I just sent out a truly authentic and heartfelt little message that was being prompted from this inspiration. Within three minutes, three minutes, somebody signed up. In over 24 hours, we virtually sold it out, and I've already done that workshop twice, and of course it led to me doing a zero-limits workshop with the man who helped inspire the whole thing, Dr. Hu Lin. My whole point here, Craig, is that I'm talking about there's a different way of writing copy, there's a different way of creating a product, there's a different way of doing business online and off, and that's what I'm exploring here, and that's what I'm putting under the umbrella of inspired marketing. Absolutely. In fact, there's there's a tangent to that story. I remember when you first announced that uh, you'd have uh, Dr. Len out for dinner in, in yeah. Austin. Uh, yeah. You were expecting a couple of folks. I was going to have it in the house. Yeah. Yeah, and the room was packed. There was like, what, 70 or... Uh, we had to go to a hotel room, rent it out, and there were 70-some people there. Yeah, and that was just... Uh, it's the kind of thing where, again, there, there are people out there uh, like like us, and we, we have our own... Um, we have our own desires. We want things. We're hungry for people to connect with us and to mm. and to show us something real. Because, in my opinion, I mean, there's a lot of fake, very slick stuff out there. Uh, if you could look at the production value of, of of television, for example, man, all the images are so slick. They're so smooth, right? But at mm. the same time, there's probably nothing I believe less than a, a perfectly orchestrated video on television. Mm. You know? It just, I know what how it can be created. So it's not a negative thing. It's just I, I find if I'm sitting down across the table from somebody and they tell me a story about something that just happened to them, that to me is a lot more credible. And so that's where, you know, a lot of the stuff you'll find on YouTube, for example, is is some of it's just crazy. But some of it goes viral and spreads around the world. Now, uh, granted, some of it's kind of potty humor or, or just kind of shock value, but the point is it wasn't created in Hollywood. It wasn't you know, masterfully directed. It was just somebody with a video camera, and they're capturing life. And so what you're talking about what, with the copywriting like this really jumped out at me, and I thought, wow, you know, when I wrote the, the, the information explaining the healingpainting.com, I didn't sit there and sketch that out. I didn't follow any copywriting principles, really, that I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. I mean, I tried to have it make sense. I wanted the headline to kind of lead them into it. But it pretty much wrote itself, and it, it didn't have a hard sell close or anything. I just figured, you know, if you, if you like the painting and you want one, you know, here it is. And this is, this is the deal. Um, but I, I just told the story of how it all came about and why I thought it was powerful. And that in and of itself, then, was all that the website had, you know, and I've done that before in other contexts where I've just told a story about something that happened, and it's been very effective, in fact, as marketing as well. Um, for example, this is a crazy story. It's probably one of the, the zanier things I've done. Oh, you got to tell me this one. Yeah, I, uh, I came uh, into my driveway. My, my two-year-old at the time, or 18-month-old, was walking over to where I had 
uh, actually just that day I discovered a wasp's nest uh, in hmm. the ground. And so I instantly whisked him away, but I got close enough to the mound where uh, I was a little concerned that he might have gotten some, something on him. I brought him in the house, and before I knew it, I felt a little tickle uh, in my pant leg. Hmm. And I thought, okay, generally it's not a good feeling. Um, so I, I dropped my pants right there in the, in the entryway to my house. And <laughs> There's there, the headline, I dropped my pants right there in the entryway to my house. <laughs> and, and there was a wasp crawling up my leg. Wow. And I and I had been stung by one of these things before. These are not normal wasps, okay? Mm. When they sting you, it actually, like, eats a hole in you. I don't know what, if somebody's a mm. bug expert or whatever, and they might recognize this fiendish little thing. Um, I, I just don't know what they are. I've never experienced that. But I, I, I knew that I was amazed it hadn't stung me. It was just crawling up my jeans. I mean, we're talking above the knee here. I mm. mean, it had cruised. <laughs> mm. Um, so anyway, I stomped on it, although it, it didn't really smush it or anything, and I took a picture of it. Why? Because it hit me. I'm going to put this on my blog. And my wife came down. My, she sees me with my pants down around my ankles with, <laughs> with, a, with a camera taking a picture of And so this was crazy, but what I did was I, I said, you know, uh, I actually don't remember the subject line right at the moment, but it had something about a wasp crawling up my leg. And so I wrote this crazy piece, and my point was, that stories are engaging. Stories capture you, and this one was straight picked straight from real life. Mm. And that ended up being a promotion for one of your um, hypnotic um, product launches. I said, look, you know, the guy that I learned how to write hypnotic stories from is Joe Vitale, so his course is being launched. You're still reading this because I, I wrote this crazy story, so you might want to check out his course. Is essentially wow. what I did. And it, it was a very effective promotion. I, I forget exactly what the numbers were. This was like a good three, four years ago. Um, but the point is, I took a wasp, all right? Now, can you plan that? No, I wouldn't have put a wasp up my pant leg, you know? Um, <laughs> right. It's more, it's more, like you said, when you receive an inspiration, because the wasp wasn't really marketing. The mm. idea to share a shocking and crazy, just crazy experience with my list mm. was the idea that I received, and I was giddy. And that may be, in, ter- in terms of exploring this, I, was, I thought this was hilarious. Um, well, especially because I didn't get stung, um, and then, but I think in part because my wife was just like, I really don't know if you want to take a picture, you know, <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> so it was just, it was just crazy, and and it was fun, and you know, it's been talked about on a number of teleseminars. That thing got a lot of traction, um, but it all started with a relatively silly idea, based on some core principles, though. I mean, I I did tell a story, I did share. Um, and then I did tie it into the the product that I was promoting. Um, well, what I'm what I'm hearing is that there's an authentic story here. We all know about the power of stories. Everybody in the Hypnotic Gold membership circle should know about it because I talk about it all the time. And I'm known for hypnotic stories. And I tell people that telling a story is a great way to get below people's conscious radar. Their defenses are up if you say, "Go buy this car." But if you tell them a story about a car you bought and how thrilling it was or about a car somebody else bought and how thrilling it was and how it felt and how the neighbors looked at it and blah, 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 that story communicates a lot of what you wanted to say directly, but it goes right into their awareness. So I know the power of stories, but what you're saying here that I think is different is the authenticity of the story. So in other words, you didn't make up a story about a wasp. You actually had that experience, which later you owned and turned into a blog entry. I did something similar when I, I just went through the emergency surgery. And, again, this was all first for me and a big deal for me, and I never intended to write about it. This was a private moment. Um, the word got out, of course, because I promoted HealingPainting.com, and I had mentioned it some other places, and people started sending me cards. And one person wrote me, and she was very nice, and she said, I'm very sorry to hear that you had to go through the emergency appendectomy. I'm glad that you're okay. She said, but I'm really confused. If you're the genius who wrote The Attractor Factor and you're one of the stars of the movie The Secret, how did this happen? Because I want to know how it happened so I can prevent it from happening to me. (laughs) When I first got the email, I thought, oh, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to deal with this. And then I thought, wait a minute. This is a legitimate question from a human who is really feeling this. And if it's coming from her, it's probably coming from other people on my list. Well, I sat down, and I was totally honest about it. I wrote a blog post called, Did I Attract Surgery? I sent out a note to my list saying, Did I Attract Surgery? If you want to know, go read my blog today where I analyze and explain the whole thing. 
Well, that blog post got a 30% response from my list, the largest I have ever had in my history of doing Internet marketing, which has been decades now. It was a stampede of people who went over there. Now, why did they go? I am sure they all wanted to know the very same thing that was on that one kind woman's mind who emailed me the private little note with the private question. They all were wondering it, but they couldn't all write me for one reason or another, maybe out of respect, maybe out of fear, maybe they thought I'd never see it. But it was authentic for me to say, this is what the, in fact, that's how I wrote it on the blog post, the same way I just described it. I just got an email, here's what she said, and here is my answer. And it's under the title, Did I Attract Surgery? But my point is, here's a story, I didn't fabricate it. I didn't have to think it through. Much like when you said healingpainting.com pretty much wrote itself because you just told the story. When you come from this inspired copywriting, this inspired marketing, this new way of being, this new way of thinking, most of what you've struggled with in the past seems to come with a natural flow to it. I didn't have to work to write my blog entry about attracting surgery. I simply said what the story was, answered the question to the best of my ability, and then told my list, if you want to know the answer, go to my blog. I stand back, 30% response. Amazing. That is amazing. And I think that you know, one of the things about it is is that it's very candid. I, I think that um, it's a bit revealing, mm. like, hey, you know, here I am, the attractor factor guy, you know, mm. and, you know, why would I do this? And it's a, it's a real question, like you said, and you gave a real answer. Mm. And that is precisely what I think is so compelling, uh, you know, authentic, real. Um, you know, there are a number of different words for it, but we all know it when we see it or we feel it when we see it because it is different than the same old, same old that you see in every area like if i if i go into a store or a car dealership right and they come up and they give you the same old song and dance you know they have their little closing lines they do all that stuff i am instantly turned off mm-hmm. you know i you know i feel sorry for the poor salesperson because i've even told them look i'm in sales and marketing if you try any of the gimmicks on me i'm just gonna just tell me my questions you now answer my questions and then you know so I, I I can tell the story of of a, a this is a, a really nice truck that I bought last last spring for to pull my RV across the country, and I went into uh, this one Ford dealer and I kind of tolerated some of this you know same old same old sales tactics, and then um, you know the guy ultimately blew me off for this new hire salesperson when I was really coming down to the buying decision. So I thought that was odd. <laughs> like, these are some of my most crucial questions, and you put me off to a, a, a junior salesperson who I knew more than she did at that point. Hmm. Um, she was literally third day on the job. Um, so I, ha- I don't remember why anymore, but I went to a different dealership. Guy walks up, no pressure, completely just handshake, you know, nice guy, and he, he threw out a price at me. He said, here, you know, uh, I mean, we drove it. and all. I don't actually remember the process, but I remember he was such a genuine guy. And he said, look, you know, a lot of people will try to wrangle. Here's our best price. And I, I went and compared. I even I talked to a leasing company I had dealt with. They couldn't get it for less than he was offering me. Hmm. And that was one thing. I actually, you know, paid for a, uh, an extended warranty that probably voided some of the savings. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the point was, he was genuine. He was real. He made me feel like, you know, a real customer and, you know, he'll get my business again if I ever need another Ford truck. Um, and that's the thing, is, and that happened with the RV as well. I, I, I bought the RV from a guy who, you know, knew how to just properly answer my questions and, and, and be straight up, you know. Um, it's really too bad that people feel like they have to um, twist people's arms and, and pressure and, and um, kind of push them into a corner to make a buying decision when, you know, if they already want to buy it anyway, I really like prefer what you've always done, Joe, is is to just enthusiastically tell your story uh, mm-hmm. about something, and but that is such a different way of of writing, and and both ways work, of course, but I think what you were talking about earlier about the problems that people have in writing copy, the things that get a lot of people stuck, especially your average you know professional or or someone who wants to get into information marketing, right? They're not salespeople, they're not professional marketers. But they want to get in this whole website, you know, info publishing thing. And then they go to write sales copy and they freeze because they're not natural, um, 
you know, they haven't been trained in, in all the stuff that we think you need to know. And then so they, they can't write like that, so then they don't write anything. But what you're talking about, Joe, and what I'm talking about, is if you just tell the story of why you're excited about something, you find that, well, since you're excited, it's easy to talk about it, and then it all flows out. It's just a whole different kind of experience, and it really does have to come from an authentic place. So, of course, we're back to the idea that you need to promote things you're excited about. <laughs> yeah, that's been one of my secrets in, in writing copy that's pretty powerful or contagious or gets results. That's the idea is I look for what I'm personally excited about in the product with an eye towards is it going to match the person that's going to be reading about this so that I'm not just writing about something that's just interesting me. I have to write about it in such a way that the other person is going to understand that, oh, it's exciting for this reason and understanding that that's a benefit to them. But uh, without complicating it, all I'm really doing is saying I'm excited about this product or I'm excited about HealingPainting.com. Here's why I'm excited about it. And I just spell it out. And then it's pretty much if it's a connection with the person reading it, they'll buy. If it's not a connection with the person reading it, then I'm not supposed to try to manipulate them or persuade them or influence them because it's probably not a match for them. I don't try to force feed the sale. I look for a match between what I'm offering and what people are looking for. I've been redefining marketing as really a heartfelt expression of your love for a product or service told to the people who would most welcome hearing about it. When you do that, then you have a win-win-win. You win, the customer wins, and whoever made the product that you're selling has won as well. This to me is more of a higher consciousness, higher integrity, more loving, more um, spiritually even, more inspired approach to marketing. This is what I prefer to do. Now, I also want to point out, I, I, I can't help but feel we're talking about two things here. Because in my mind, and I want clarification because I, I might be wrong about this, but I'm just talking out loud and I'm a little bit suspicious that we have two kind of conversations going on. One is we're talking about being authentic, telling our authentic stories, telling why we're authentic, authentically interested in a product or service, um, making everything we do a lot easier because it's coming from our integrity. We're not trying to fabricate anything. We're not trying to fabricate our emotion. We're not trying to fabricate our enthusiasm. We're not trying to fabricate a story. We drop back and we simply come from our heart. We are being authentic. So I think that's one level that we're talking about in this conversation. The other level that I think we're playing touch and go with is the whole idea of what I keep referring to as inspired marketing. When the inspiration comes to you by grace. You are not thinking about it. It just sort of descends on you. It may be an idea for a product. It may be much like me sitting at breakfast a year or so ago in Austin, and suddenly it just just comes into my awareness, hold a manifestation weekend and announce it to your list. And I so don't want to do that that I'm even saying, uh, would you mind taking that idea to somebody else? I'm busy. But it doesn't leave me, and I end up pursuing it. I, of course, have done this with other things, even my pursuit of uh, Dr. Hu Lin, who's in the book Zero Limits. All of that has been inspired-driven. It isn't something that I tried to control. It wasn't something that I tried to fabricate. It wasn't like I was sitting around saying, wow, I'd like to have an idea for another book. It was more like it came to me. So I'm not quite sure yet how to describe that, but do you get a sense of what I'm talking about here, Craig, with this inspired marketing? Absolutely, and I've, I've had some similar experiences, and it's true. The, the, the conventional way of thinking about, you know, okay, what am I going to do next is to maybe do a to-do list or look around at some problems, Yes. and that's all conventional. And I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying there's a distinction where if you're open to it and you get one of those flashes of an idea, all right, um, and it's like Joe said, you feel like it just came to you. Now, what I would say is if it's anything like, like it is for me, you're going to feel a sense of, uh, of, of excitement and of passion and, and sort of like child, childlike enthusiasm mm. that will come through this. We could probably talk about the childlike part there, you know, how we, we probably have drifted away from what we already knew how to do when we were kids. Right, right. Um, but the thing is, it will feel, it will have a feelingness more than a knowingness to it. Um, and, you know, this is where our words kind of are, are not exactly perfect for explaining it. But it's the sort of thing where 
the conscious mind, from every all the research I've done, the thing that we are aware of ourselves with, that we know um, as our experience of life, is really only a fraction of who we are and what is really going on. So the conventional way of doing things, of marketing and, and coming up with strategies and all that, is a much more um, conscious mind way of doing things. It relies on your own conscious thoughts to make decisions and all that, and that's fine. However, when you can tap into the greater power of, like you, like you were saying, Joe, uh, Joe the, from grace and, and having something just literally come to you, most likely you weren't even paying attention. You weren't even engaged in marketing, for example. Right. You were probably, like Joe was saying, doing something fun like reading or watching a movie or out riding your bike uh, or playing with the kids or, or throwing a ball for the dog. And that is probably my best advice for how, if there's a how-to in this, it's to, to recognize that the best idea for what you can do next is probably not something you can pre-plan and consciously muddle through. Although that may work and that may you know, pay the bills, you m may find that the best thing for you to do is to listen to those inspirations when they come in and act on that. Perhaps put other things that were already on your plate aside and run with the ball uh, when it's thrown to you because it's not something that you can explain. It may, in fact, directly contradict conventional wisdom, all right? But whenever you watch a movie and there's a um, – it's usually the, the surprise, you know, hero is discovered in an un unlikely circumstance type of story. It frequently comes from something absolutely unexpected. And yet that's where the greatest achievements in, in human history have often come from is the unexpected and is, in this case, what, I, what we're calling the inspired. Um, you can, we could leap into calling it you know, divinely inspired. Uh, that's not necessary, perhaps, but the thing is it's not something you're going to sweat through with, with your conscious mind. Well, in writing the book Zero Limits, and again, you can read an excerpt at www.zerolimits.info. Uh, this book won't be out until June or July. But in writing that book and doing the research, I discovered, and Craig, you and I have just talked about this in the past, that our conscious mind, which is the mind that we're trying to control the entire universe with, we're trying to create products with, we're trying to write our websites with and be persuasive in our copy, that conscious mind can only be aware of like 15 bits of information at any one time. And it's our unconscious mind that is aware of billions of bits of information in any one moment. It is just overwhelmingly intimidating to think that your conscious mind, what an ego trip, to think that your conscious mind is going to be able to figure out all the right products, all the right angles, all the right websites. It doesn't have a clue. It's looking through a tiny little peephole, a little crack in the universe out there at the world, and whatever it sees through that little peephole, it says that's reality, whereas reality is 15 billion times bigger than that little peephole. So what I'm discovering is that as much as I love information, and even now I'm surrounded with all these books, I keep finding out I can't retain all the stuff I read. Very often I'll buy a book that I already read because I forgot that I read the book. I forgot that I even had it at home. Or I'll do it with an audio tape program because I already listened to the program. I put it on the shelf. I saw it advertised again and bought it again, forgetting that I already had it, that I already went through it. My conscious mind can't retain all the information. So I'm learning that I can use my conscious mind, for example, to state an intention that maybe I want to create a product or service or a website or a headline or a news release, but I've got to turn it over. I've got to be more in a receiving mode, and that receiving mode, for me anyway, and it might be worth kicking around different ways to receive, my receiving mode may come when I occupy my conscious mind by reading a book. It's, being, it's busy. It has a toy to play with, the words on the page. And while it's being occupied, my unconscious might surface an idea. Sometimes when I'm busy doing something else, I play a little guitar, a little harmonica. If I go and fool around with that, I'm occupied consciously. Sometimes when I smoke my cigars, I mentioned earlier, and I'm relaxing. Sometimes if I go for a walk, that may happen. Um, for me, it has to be a little bit more than that. Sometimes when I'm working out, 
and I'm more physically occupied, I will get ideas to the extent that I have to keep pad and paper in my gym because I've gotten accustomed to ideas just sort of bubbling up. Where are they bubbling up from? I would say from my unconscious mind and perhaps even from a union standpoint, my connection to the collective unconscious mind. But my whole point here is in traditional marketing, most of us try to control everything we're doing with our conscious awareness, and that is an impotent monkey. It does not have control. It does not have full awareness. Yeah, I mean, and it's hard, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, what, what I really love about what you're saying is that the ideas that you get the, the, that come through this process are, are going to be better. They're going to be something that I'm not sure mm. one could consciously construct anyway because mm. frequently they are combining things that don't normally go together, um, and that could be considered genius, really. Um, the way that I've taken to dealing with, with having so much information is I actually don't have any pretense of trying to remember it. Um, mm. I don't take notes. Uh, sometimes, very rarely, because I hate doing it, I'll, I'll underline something in a book. But I never go back and look at the book and look at it again anyway. So I'd rather not deface the book. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What I love to do, though, is, and this is something I really I think I got from you, Joe, is to just strictly understand that my co- unconscious mind is learning and compiling and combining mm. different ideas, and it will pop out you know, on, on demand or just in time, in my case, very often. Um, and, and you've seen this, Joe, where I'll, I'll, we've, we've, I've really pushed the envelope with, with where I've spoken at, um, at various events where you and I have been at or one of your events, where I didn't prepare at all. I just waited to see what I would say when I got on stage, which is um, terrifying for me because it goes against everything I've ever been taught about what you should do. Um, on the other hand, I've gotten a lot of, in fact, in some cases, more praise for the things I did unscripted than for stuff that I had done mm. uh, that had PowerPoints and so forth. Um, so the thing is, you can trust, learn to trust that inspiration and even the timing of the inspiration to happen just when you need it. Uh, I, I think that some of the discomfort with this idea that somebody you know, listening to this might be feeling is, well, that's great, but I need to have a solution tomorrow, or I need to figure this out by the end of the month or something like that. Mm. And it may be that the best thing to do isn't to stare at your computer and, and you know, pull your hair out until you get what you want. It may be, well, would it be more fun to go um, you know, walk the dog or ride a bike or smoke a cigar or something and, and just forget it for a little while with your conscious mind? It's not that you overall are forgetting it. It's just your conscious mind. Because your unconscious mind can be working on it, especially if you ask or ask nicely, you know. I'm um, thinking of uh, Timothy Galway, who wrote the inner game of tennis and the inner game of golf and the inner game of music and the inner yeah. game of work. I was a big fan of his when he first came out. I'm still a fan of his, but I don't hear much about what he's doing these days. And I have an old recording. This may be 15 to 20 years old, and he gave up to give a presentation, and he said he had no notes. And he said he didn't have any notes because he wanted to be as surprised as everybody else by what he had to say. And he said he was using the very same approach, the inner game of tennis and the inner game of golf, the inner game of music, the inner game of work, was all the same. He said there is a self-one and there's a self-two. Self-one can be likened to your conscious mind. And you want to uh, occupy your conscious mind first by giving it something to do, like you tell it when you're playing tennis, what I want you to do is focus on the ball and look at the seams on the ball. That's all I want you to do is I want you to look at the seams on that ball. And as it's hitting the ground, as it's coming to you, you just look at the seams on the ball. That's all you've got. That's your occupation. Self, too, has been asked to win the game. And what he found is that self, one, as long as self, one would be occupied with something, which could be staring at a ball or, depending on what the situation is, staring at your pen or in my hypnotic writing wizard software, we have a, uh, one part of the program where the screen goes blank, but all you have is this little green dot at the top of the screen, which is kind of like a comforting message saying, hey, the program's still working. Just look at the green dot. Just occupy your conscious mind with the green dot. And then your unconscious mind, which he calls self too, is free to go ahead and be the best it can be. That's the masterful part of you. That's the masterful golf player. That's the masterful... Uh, worker, that's the masterful writer, that's the masterful marketer. 
but you, you give the conscious mind something to do. Otherwise, it will try to control the game. And when the conscious mind tries to control the game, you don't do as well. You more often than not cripple yourself, trip over yourself, fail at whatever you're trying to do. And I always loved his approach right down to when he stood up to speak saying, I'm doing my very same self one, self two. Self one has something to do, and that's study your faces. And self two is going to allow me to be the masterful speaker right now. And it's going to surprise self one by what I say, because I don't have a clue what I'm going to say. Well, that's that's so powerful. And it's, it's, if you take the analogy of, of um, put it in a different context, if you want to walk down the stairs, if you had to consciously think about every muscle and every mm. balance point and every bit of calculus you, that you're actually doing automatically to actually walk down the stairs, mm. you, you'd probably just sit down and ask for help, someone to come carry you down. Because <laughs> You'd be the caterpillar tripping over all your legs. Yeah, I mean, it's all over because that is, and we understand that. That's why I brought it up. We understand that's beyond the conscious mind and that that's learned and ingrained. And where is it coming from? Well, we can call it the unconscious mind. Um, and and or the you know mind too or whatever the thing is mm-hmm. that whatever you apply that principle to uh, it's the same with driving you know I mean you've even mentioned this in a different context Joe where sometimes you'll be hypnotized by the road or whatever right. and you don't even know how you got home for the most part mm-hmm. and yet so does that mean you were asleep were you drooling at the steering wheel you know <laughs> were you endangering other people um, it, well for the most part it, it, if it worked out <laughs> right you know you your your whole mind everything that that you are was was doing that and your conscious mind was just kind of checked out but you were still doing things and I, I think that's from if someone's looking for a way to practically look at this that you are still involved you're still the one doing it it's just not a part of you you're used to relying on and it's like trying to do uh, exercise the wrong way you know, if you're trying mm-hmm. to do a squat, but you're only using, you know, a squat is when you're essentially lifting the weight with your with your legs. You know, what if you're trying to do that with your lower back? Mm-hmm. You know, you'd blow out your lower back because it's not meant for that. Mm-hmm. You're meant to use your, your, your much more powerful leg muscles to lift the weight. So if you're trying to come up with a brilliant idea, the very act of trying is probably screwing up the whole process. Whereas Good point. not trying is, I guess, what we're finding in common here with these different examples there was no trying. In fact, Joe, with the Manifestation Weekend, you almost tried to not do it. <laughs> I tried to stop it. <laughs> so, yeah, my conscious mind didn't want to go with that one. And one of my principles that I'm learning is to say yes to life. So in other words, this is like a philosophy or mantra that I'm taking on. When those ideas come to me, especially when they come in that way and they really feel inspired, uh, they really feel in my bones like they're exciting, but my conscious mind says, you're already busy, uh, don't go and do that. I'm finding that my conscious mind is the one tripping me up. And what I have to do is just say, you know what, this is coming from another place. It feels right. I'm going to say yes to it. And when I do, that's when the magic and miracles seem to happen. The Manifestation Weekend was a blowout, wonderful event. It was so fantastic, I announced another one after it, which got twice as many people in it. And if I go to do a third one of those, I'm going to have to rent a coliseum because so many people are wanting to go into this that the past places I've done them in have sold out and they've been standing room only. I can no longer do a manifestation weekend there. The point being with all of this is that the idea came from someplace else, not from my conscious mind. My conscious mind even wanted to stop it. My now rule of thumb is say yes to life. When they come, say yes to it. When I do, everything is easy. The marketing becomes almost effortless. The promotion of the event becomes almost effortless. Uh, the orchestration and the participation of the event, the production of it becomes almost effortless. This is almost like effortless marketing or effortless living when you quit trying to control everything and starting to trust a larger part of you to lead the way. That's just, it really brings up a memory for me of uh, mm-hmm. something I did with, with uh, our friend uh, Pat O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just sitting there one day talking about what we could do, and he said, hey, why don't we just sit here by the pool and uh, <laughs> flip on the camera, and we'll just talk. And I thought it really was edgy for me because I thought, first of all, I'm a little camera shy anyway, believe it or not, and second of all, just sitting there unscripted, um, smoking cigars <laughs> no less. Uh, we talked combined uh, all together for about f- over four hours. Mm. And 
all through the process, you know, Pat's like, okay, great, now let's just, let's just put this out there. And I thought, okay, great, well, why don't we edit it and have it transcribed and turn it into a workbook? And he's like, no, let's just put it out there. And I thought, geez, man, this is just raw video, you know. <laughs> and so I had to, to really come to terms with that, and so we put it out there. And it sold like gangbusters for the most part, and, and we didn't really promote it that hard. And here's the part that's really important, though. I think this is the other side. This is the customer side of this inspired marketing. Mm. This is where I really it hit me uh, in full, full, full power, is that I've met um, a bunch of the people in person now at, at, at seminars who bought that program, okay? And it's changed lives. I mean, they said, wow, I felt so validated you, when you said this, that, or the other thing. It just spoke right to me, and I've gotten to do this. I've been putting this mm. off for a year. You know, I finally took action on this. And, and it was so uh, moving to me that, that something that we did that literally felt like, oh, we're just talking, turned out to be incredibly valuable to the people who bought it. And then, as Pat said, it's had probably the lowest refund rate of anything that he's done. That's amazing. Do you remember the link so we can give it out? Yes, it's innergametv.com. Innergametv.com. Yeah, that's TV as in television. Okay. Um, and the inspiration for that actually came in the same way as what we're talking about here, Joe, because you know, you and I have both, you know, we've coached people, we have coaching programs, we have all sorts of, of, of marketing, and we've, we've got years of experience, and that's great, right? But as I've helped people one-on-one, I know this is true for, for your programs, you often discover that it's not a marketing lesson that they're missing. Um, it's, it's often a combination of a marketing lesson, but it's frequently an inner thing. It's a belief. It's a, a block. Maybe they don't trust their inspiration. Maybe they feel, you know, marketing has to be hard. Maybe they don't like their product, you know. Um, it's a variety of other factors that I've, I've called the inner game that often precedes real breakthroughs and success. I mean, you and I, both, Joe, both have, have struggled tremendously in our, in our journey over the years. Um, you know, and, and it's really interesting to me what makes that change from someone where you're kind of at square one to, you know, you were on Larry King recently, Joe, so you're obviously doing something right. <laughs> so that's the thing. It's the inner stuff that not only is where the success comes from, but what we're talking about here today is that it's often where um, you may find your inspiration is coming from, even if it's not even from within you. It's just not your conscious mind. It's not as hard as you, as we have been trained to think it needs to be to get something done. Exactly. I want to make sure I give out some websites here before we run out of time. Uh, first of all, I mentioned my blog. If there's a link to it, off mrfire.com. So go to www.mrfire.com and look on the left, and you'll see links to my podcast, my blog, and my video blog. And click on the one of the blog, and then you can look around to find that article I wrote about uh, did I attract surgery. I also talked about beyond uh, or the manifestation weekend, and that's described at beyondmanifestation.com www.beyondmanifestation.com. I also talked about my book, Zero Limits, which won't come out until June, but you can read an excerpt and even receive one by email by going to zerolimits.info. The video that Craig was just talking about that was so spontaneously done, and it was an inspired creation with Pat O'Brien, is at innergametv.com, www.innergametv, the initials tv.com. And then, of course, the, uh, the painting that caused all of this conversation to begin with is at HealingPainting.com. That's Amy's site. The painting is there. Which you want to go look at the painting to see what she did. It's breathtaking. Original work of art. And Craig wrote the copy. So www.HealingPainting.com. And then, Craig, your main site where you're blogging that is, isn't it at MaverickMarketer.com, or is it someplace else? Oh, it's at MaverickMarketer.com. And, in fact, if you want to go straight to the blog, it's MaverickMarketer.com forward slash blog. Um, either way, if you sign in for my newsletter at Maverick Marketer, it'll take you to the blog, or you can go to the blog and, and just check it out. Excellent. Well, what kind of final thoughts do you have about this whole topic of authentic storytelling, about inspired marketing, about trusting the unconscious rather than the conscious, about giving up some control and letting the self to or the masterful part of ourselves kind of guide the way to our fame and fortune or better results that we're looking for with our Internet marketing or offline marketing. What kind of final thoughts come to mind for you? I think the biggest thing 
uh, is to trust yourself. Mm. Just trust that you have something of value to share and understand that it may not come through blood, sweat, and tears. It may actually be easy. Mm. It may be fun. It may be something you almost feel like, ooh, that's too easy. And if that's the case, especially if it's a little scary on top of that, you're on the right track. Um, but definitely trust yourself. Just trust that you do have something that you can tap into that will get you the answers you're looking for, often when you're least expecting it. So go ahead and have some fun and enjoy the process and watch your best ideas come through. You said that if it's a little scary, that's okay. You might want to explain that. Well, I have found, and I'm, I'm getting famous apparently for saying, uh, do what you're afraid of and the money will follow. Um, <laughs> that's because... good. Do what you're afraid of and the money will follow. Uh, because the thing is, I have found in my own progress, whenever I've made a breakthrough, it wasn't, you know, like sitting on the couch and, and la-di-da. There was a certain amount of trepidation, anxiety, a little bit of ooh, you know, but it's more excited anxiety. It's not like mm. dread. It's not, it's not, it's not horrible. Mm. It's just like, it's like Christmas morning or whatever. Am I going to get the, the red bike or whatever? It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. Or, ooh, am I going to make a fool of myself? It's stuff like that that it's it's manageable, um, but it is there when you're breaking through to something new. Mm. Uh, if you don't feel that, well, you may still do something neat, but it's not breaking through to something new. Um, and then that's fine. I just want you to understand that your your biggest and best ideas, they will come from, from you. You can trust that you can do that. But play with it. Have some fun. Acknowledge that there's a little bit of fear there and that that's okay. Uh, fear may even not be the right word. It, it, seems like it's a different kind of sensation uh, that will hold a lot of people back. They say, well, I don't feel this anymore, then I'll do it. But that's not how it works. <laughs> no, and I also want to ride off of that and give a final story in case some people don't realize it. Um, the Attractor Factor, which has been my long-term bestseller here, it's gone through four or five printings. Oprah did a special on The Secret last week, and of course I'm in the movie The Secret. That caused my book, The Attractor Factor, to jump back on the bestseller list at Amazon. The book has been translated in many languages. It's gone through numerous printings. It's led to a lot of uh, a certain degree of fame and fortune for me and kind of a mini-celebrity status online and off. It's important to realize I did not want to publish that book. I was afraid. I was afraid when I first wrote it, it was titled Spiritual Marketing. The Attractor Factor is the reincarnated, retitled version of Spiritual Marketing. And when I first wanted to come out with spiritual marketing, I was almost terrified. Now, I wasn't terrified, but I was nervous. I was scared. I was overly concerned, thinking, what is the world going to think of me? I'm a guy who's been published by the American Marketing Association, the American Management Association, Nightingale Conant. I've spoken for the Red Cross, PBS Television, all very conservative companies. And I thought, if I come out with a book called Spiritual Marketing, is this going to destroy my career Is this going to make me somebody who will be blacklisted and I will not be published by these prestigious companies or publishers anymore? I had to face my fear and and say to myself, you know what, this is coming from within me. It feels right. Yes, I am scared, but I am going to jump off the side of the cliff and trust that I'm going to sprout wings and float all the way down. Well, I did jump. I didn't float. I soared, and I am continuously going upward. If I had not come out with the attractor factor, I would not have been in the movie The Secret. I would not have been on Larry King. I would not have been uh, associated with the Oprah show. I would not have a best-selling book. I would have missed out on a, uh, on a lifetime turbo boost in my career if I had given in to fear. I would absolutely agree, Joe. And the thing is that that's, it's a beautiful paradox. Um, your greatest joys will often come from a little bit of fear. <laughs> um, but that's where, frankly, if you want to take it a notch back, that's where it, it, it's going to determine whether you're successful or not. Um, because we often get too comfortable with our, our pain and our lack of, of what we really want because we think that's what conventional wisdom says. We have to earn it. We have to, you know, it has to be hard to succeed and all that. Um, whereas if you just tap into what we're talking about here today, the ideas can be fun can be a little scary, kind of like a roller coaster ride, uh, and and it can be like like Joe said, you can feel like you're soaring, and and that is just the most beautiful thing. And I, I'd love to just encourage everybody to to trust that you too can do that. This is beautiful. It's important to realize too that this whole conversation with Craig Perrine of MaverickMarketer.com 
and HealingPainting.com has been inspired. Neither one of us had notes. Neither one of us put our heads together and had an agenda or came up with certain points or stories or anything that we wanted to cover. We said, you know what, we're going to talk about inspired marketing, so let's let the call be inspired. Let's just trust the process, which is what we've done. So I want to leave you with a thought, and that is to go for your dreams and to dare something worthy. Fear is okay. That's part of the evolutionary process. That's part of leaving your comfort zone. You probably know what the next step is for you, so I would encourage you to, as Nike says, just do it. Craig, thank you for making time to do this. I know you're busy. You're on the speaking circuit. You're doing all kinds of stuff. Plus, you're promoting HealingPainting.com and your wife's um, wonderful artwork. So I appreciate you making time for this. Absolutely, Joe. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks. And Godspeed to everybody. We'll see you on the next installment of Hypnotic Gold for members only. Meanwhile, have a terrific day. Thank you. Over and out. <laughs> 